What is good? Welcome to Spiritville Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life, and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Hello, hello. It is Tune In Tuesday. If you are new here, Spirit-Filled Real Talk drops every Tuesday. It's a way that we can meet together and your spirit can be uplifted, fine-tuned, filled, whatever it is that you need. So if you've not already subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is, subscribe, like, comment, share, and when you do, you also get a free gift from me. So when you do all of those things, not only can you turn on your notifications to know when a new episode drops, it's really exciting. Actually, I love doing that with the favorite podcast that I listen to so that I can screenshot it. It ends up in my camera roll and I can remember to go back and listen. But when you subscribe, like, comment, share the podcast, go to julianapage.com, click on the podcast tab at the top of the page and fill out the information there. When you do, I will actually send you a free copy of the God's Vibes Matter devotional, totally free, my gift to you. So go ahead and subscribe if you've not already done so and be on the lookout for that free devotional once you fill out that information. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to know thyself in a high, high perspective. Just, we're not going to go crazy deep with it today, but we're going to give you a high perspective look at what it means to know thyself. Now, I will start by saying this is a journey of self-discovery, self-exploration, self-realization, and it's one that never ends. The key is to just start. Okay, so I found out very early, I, I've been told that this is something that I was fortunate to find out early, although that didn't make it any easier, I will tell you, but in, I must have been, I was a freshman in college, I actually went on a retreat called Know Thyself, and I was like, yo, like, I don't even know what it means to know myself, and I clearly have no idea who I am how I'm supposed to be showing up in the world and where I'm headed because my identity had been so caught up in being useful and in people pleasing and being codependent, having been in a home with, you know, all the aholics, whether it's workaholic, alcoholic, all the aholics, right? I had to learn how to mediate that and how to survive in that. So I learned a lot of bad habits that then became a part of my identity. I just thought that was normal. And so when I was finally in a college setting away from the environment that was so normal to me, athletics were no longer exciting like they were in high school. I was a gymnast and a track athlete and I went on to run track in college and it was just not the same. So that, that identity of being an athlete was starting to shift or I was no longer in the home. And so it was very much, I was out of sight, out of mind and my, my role, my identity was just gone right? Like I just, it was gone. <laughs> and then I was exploring, you know, what it means to have community or let new people into my world or um, how to, to interact socially with people in a different way when I was in college. So that was all very new and intimidating because I identified as an introvert at the time. And I had trust issues that I didn't know about, which rightfully so, given what I had been through. And I didn't know what I was going to go out and do in the world. I really had no idea how I was going to make a living. And there was a lot of fear and anxiety and pressure around that. So I was having what they call a quarter life crisis. And I wasn't even at quarter life yet. <laughs> so I desperately was craving 
mentorship and wisdom and knowledge and perspective that I hadn't received and that frankly, I didn't know where to get. And I felt very alone in that pursuit because it didn't seem like anybody else cared about that or they were just taking their jolly old time. It just wasn't an issue for anybody. And I'm like, how is it not an issue? I'm freaking out, man, right? Like I just literally could not stop thinking about all of these things. And it was very, very nerve wracking. So all that to say, I went to this Know Thyself retreat, not knowing what to expect. And it was a lot of journaling, a lot of prompts that were offered, a lot of group, small group sharing. And, you know, I, I was taken out in nature and we were sort of in more like glamping, you know, it was like glorified camping <laughs> with a bunch of strangers. And I found that I, since that time, kept pursuing things like that. I kept seeking and pursuing spiritual wisdom and knowledge and anything that could truly help me grow and evolve. And I think that I had the naive perspective that I would go to this retreat and suddenly just come back knowing who I was. <laughs> and it just opened more questions for me. I was like, well, dang, right? Like, I don't have any more peace, honestly, than when I left. I have so many more questions. And what was that even about? Or what was that for? Or what am I going to do with this? Okay. But we're going to dive into this journey of knowing thyself and what it means to know thyself, but specifically from knowing God. Okay. So from the example that I just shared here, there was a young woman who didn't know who she was, who didn't know her place in the world or her purpose and didn't know how she was going to make a living and survive. And that was a really big deal. And that culture makes that a big deal, right? If you don't figure that out, like you won't live well, right? So that to a woman that I am today that, that knows who she is, that knows her purpose in the world, that shows up fully and embraces that every day with passion, with enthusiasm, with divine inspiration and follows through on all these divine promptings and divine opportunities and has really gotten to experience so many beautiful, wonderful things and overcome so many challenges that would have seemed impossible to my younger self and just operates completely different in the world because I know God and I'm developing relationship with God because just like any relationship, there's no limit to what you can learn and to what you can know. So you don't just suddenly know God and that's it. Like, I know that God is accessible. I know that I can have a relationship with God. I know that I can hear God. I know I can be led by God. I know that I'm supported by God. I know that I'm divinely empowered by God and I'm given supernatural grace to show up and do things. And I have an anointing to do things that my human self would not be able to do on my own, right? So very different way of showing up and operating the world. So I'm going to share some perspective about what it means to know thyself today. Okay. But I wanted to start with a scripture verse. This actually comes from Judges 14 verse six. And it says this, the spirit of Yahweh entered Samson and empowered him to tear the lion to pieces with his bare hands as if it were a young goat. Check that out. The spirit of God entered Samson and empowered him. Okay. So that same spirit, when you're a born again believer is also in you and empowers you to do what God has purposed and planned for you to do. Okay. But this scripture is revelation, right? When you can catch this revelation, you will show up and operate different in the world. So for example, my human self, was empowered by my thoughts, was empowered by my fears, was empowered by my experiences, right? My born again nature, my renewed self is empowered by God to supernaturally do the impossible. Like God starts at impossible. So every day I can be walking in the supernatural and living a miraculous life. Very different than how I used to operate and show up in the world. And that is available to us every single day. So 
to break this down a little bit, in a moment of danger where a full-grown lion came roaring towards Samson, the spirit of Yahweh, the spirit of God rushed upon Samson and empowered him to overcome the lion's strength with supernatural vigor. In that moment, the spirit of God both protected and strengthened him. Powerful. We have that access. We have that available to us every single day. There's also something to note here. Nothing can stop God's calling over our lives. When we are submitted to him, his spirit rushes upon us in times of great need to shield and to empower us. We never need to fear the dangers of life when we are walking in the light of God's love. He is our armor and our defense. He is the one who strengthens us in our weakness, in our weakness and emboldens us in our purpose. We can walk in confidence of his nearness, his wisdom and his protection. And we can keep moving in courage as he leads us on the path of our destiny. So a prayer that you could even say God, you are my safe place and my courage. You give me strength for my weakness and power for my battles. I trust your faithful provision as I follow you. So I just wanted to share that because that is just a taste of knowing yourself. Like if you know God, you can find life and you can make a difference. That, That can be the flow. Often what I have found in my own story and in working with hundreds of clients, right? When you don't know God, you don't know yourself and you don't feel like you're making a difference or really know how to make a difference. And you're constantly trying to hustle and figure it out all the time and just get overwhelmed and really stressed and just try to juggle all the things, but don't really do a good job juggling any one thing. It's a hot mess, but it does not have to be. Okay. So to just break this down in the simplest form, because you might hear people talking about self-awareness or consciousness and not not really have a full comprehension of what that means. I remember there was a time, this might have been when I was living in California and going to grad school out there, I believe it was around that time, I kept seeing, no joke, I kept seeing cars that would have bumper stickers with truth on them. And I'm like, but what does that mean though? Like I could Google the definition of truth. And I could be like, okay, like, yay, they're for truth. But I'm like, what, what is it that they mean? Like, and they're so passionate about that they're putting it on their car as a bumper sticker, right? So for context, truth means the quality or state of being true, that which is true, or in accordance with fact or reality a factor belief that is accepted as true. Okay, so I would see these bumper stickers. And I'm like, Now, what the heck? Like, I legit don't know what this means. Like, if somebody is preaching truth, like, what are they preaching? And I didn't know God in that way. I didn't know the word as truth. I didn't know how to be led by the truth, right? So this didn't make sense to me, but there was a desire to know the truth and to seek and pursue the truth, okay? So that even planted a seed. And the point here is that God can reveal and use anything to get your attention. He can meet you right where you are and speak to you in a way that you can hear him. So cool. But all that to say that I was always hungry and always discerning. I just didn't know that I was being led and guided and directed by God. Okay. So when it comes to words like truth or self-awareness or consciousness, these can sound vague. These can sound like they have many different meanings and you're not quite sure what they mean. But on a most basic level, what you can recognize is that you have a voice inside your head. Have you noticed? Like you have a mental dialogue going on inside your head that never stops. It just keeps going and going, right? (laughs) And this can be a very positive, uplifting dialogue, but more often than not, it is negative. As humans, we're trained, we're wired to go negative. It's just the survival instinct in us all. 
That's why without God, we can't be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We can seek and pursue more knowledge and more information, but that won't necessarily transform and renew our mind. Okay. So for example, I had a session with a client and he was really wanting to get some wisdom. The word he kept using was clarity. He really wanted to get more clarity on his relationship and really this relational imbalance that was happening with him and his partner. Okay. So he wanted clarity. Do I commit? Do I stay? Do I go? How am I supposed to figure that out? Like there's times where it feels like, yay. And I enjoy these aspects of this relationship, but there's other times where I'm like, Ooh, this is not for me. And I don't see this in my future. And I really don't want to commit. And I don't want to get married and all the things. Right. So he was going on almost like a binge of just personal development. Like I need to go into this masterclass. I need to listen to like these podcasts, plural. I need to invest in, in this type of therapy. I need to like ask my partner all of these questions and just get all the clarity. And so I just held up, is that bringing more clarity to you? The pursuit of all of this knowledge, is that in fact bringing more clarity to you? What is happening as you pursue more knowledge? And he realized that in the pursuit of all this knowledge, it wasn't bringing more clarity, it was bringing confusion. Because this expert says this, and then this expert says this, and then I asked my partner and they don't have answers. They haven't even explored this yet. So I really don't know, and I don't feel like I have clarity, but I really want clarity, and he's just been in this space of like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, when he does actually have innate wisdom that he wasn't even listening to at all. He wasn't trusting the wisdom that he had on the inside to know what the answer is. And inevitably, he knew that the relationship that he's in is not the relationship for him. It's not a loss because there's so many lessons learned and there was so much wisdom gained right? And, and so much growth as a person and healing as a person and a lot of, a lot of great memories, right? But still not the relationship that he desires in his future and not the partner that he can actually build with. And this was huge to realize so that time wasn't wasted. And so that the, the partnerships that both of these individuals desired could in fact evolve and manifest, right? So all that to say, knowledge, the pursuit of knowledge without truth can lead to confusion, right? And the scriptures say, God is not the author of confusion, but often we seek all of this knowledge and all of this expertise, and we almost make idols out of it in the place of truth, okay? And it just creates more chaos and confusion for us, and we waste a lot of time, energy, emotion, thought on things that are actually not progressive in allowing us to move forward when really if we just sought God and were transformed by the renewing of our mind and really received that and trusted the wisdom of God and Holy Spirit direction, we would save a lot of time, energy, and emotion. There would still be hard things to navigate and some things that are challenging because of the polarities, right? However, if we trusted ourselves, we would prevent a lot of unnecessary pain and back and forth. Okay, so if you're smart, <laughs> you'll take time to step back and examine the, the voice in your head and get to know it better. Okay, the problem that we often have is that we're too close to be objective. Okay, so while we're driving, for example, we might hear an internal voice and we can notice the conversation that it's having with us or how we start to feel, right? And if you spend time observing this voice, the first thing you're going to start to notice is that it never shuts up, ever. When left on its own, it just talks, okay? So imagine if you were to see somebody walking around and constantly talking, right? You'd be like, well, that's strange. You'd wonder if this person uh, was the one talking and listening to themselves, right? Like what, what's going on there? Like, what are they walking? Like, are they just talking to themselves? Are they now? I mean, we have earbuds in, so it looks like we're having a conversation with just anybody, right? So you can get away looking crazy in your car, just walking around. But what's the point, right? Like, who is he talking to? Why is he talking like that? Um, what's going on there? 
right? But if you watch carefully, you'll see that that voice is just trying to find a comfortable place to rest. And it will change sides in a moment if that seems to help. And it doesn't just quiet down when it finds out what's wrong. It simply adjusts its viewpoint and keeps going. So if you pay attention, these mental patterns will become obvious to you. It's actually shocking when you first notice that your mind is constantly talking. Like you'll be really aware of it. And that can seem overwhelming in the very beginning when you start developing this awareness of what you are conscious of. Okay, so when you hear higher consciousness, it's higher than the status quo. Like you can actually observe the voice in your head. Okay, which is different than the voice of God, which I'll get to in a second. Okay, so the tendency could be to just want to shut the voice up, particularly if you just want to go to sleep. But that is not how the voice is shut up. The best way to free yourself from the incessant chatter is to step back and view it objectively. Okay, just view the voice as a vocalizing mechanism that is capable of making it appear like someone is in there talking to you. Don't think about it. Just notice it. No matter what the voice is saying, it's all the same. It doesn't matter if it's saying nice things or mean things, worldly things or spiritual things. It doesn't matter because it's still just a voice talking inside your head. Okay, and the only way to get your distance from the voice is to stop differentiating what it's saying. Stop that one thing. Stop feeling that one thing that it says is you and the other thing that says is not you. If you hear your if you're hearing it talk, it's obviously not you, right? Like you are not your thoughts, you're the thinker of your thoughts, okay? So you are the one that hears the voice. You are the one who notices the talking. Okay? So just start observing that. Pay attention and do it from a place of being objective, meaning a place of curiosity. Hmm, interesting. Interesting is my go-to word, okay? Not good, bad, right, or wrong, just interesting. What does that mean? Hmm, interesting, right? You can just start paying attention because there's nothing more important to true growth than realizing that you are not the voice in your mind, okay? You are the one who hears it. And if you don't understand that, you're going to try to figure out which of the many things the voice says is really you, okay? And people go through so many changes in the name of trying to know thyself or trying to find myself. They want to discover which of these voices, which of these aspects of their personality is who they really are. And the answer is simple, none of them. Okay, so if you watch this voice objectively, you'll come to see that much of what the voice says is meaningless. Most of the talking is just a waste of time and energy, straight up. The truth is that most of life will unfold in accordance with forces far outside of your control, regardless of what your mind says about it. It's like sitting down at night and deci deciding whether you want the sun to come up in the morning. The bottom line is the sun's going to come up and the sun will go down. Billions of things are going on constantly in the world. And you can think about it all you want, but life is still going to keep on happening. In fact, your thoughts have far less impact on the world than you would like to think. And if you're willing to become objective and watch all your thoughts, you'll see that the vast majority of them have no relevance. They have no effect on anything or anybody except you. They are simply making you feel better or worse about what is going on now, what has gone on in the past, or what might go on in the future. And if you spend your time hoping that it doesn't rain tomorrow, you're wasting your time. Your thoughts don't change the rain. You will someday come to see that there is no use for that incessant internal chatter, and there is no reason to constantly attempt to figure everything out. Eventually, you will see that the real cause of problems is not life itself. It's the commotion in the mind, right? It's the commotion that the mind is making about life that really causes problems, okay? So you probably have a question stirring up right now. If so much of what the voice in the mind is saying is meaningless and unnecessary, then why is it here? Like, why does it even exist? And the secret to answering this question really lies in understanding why it says what it says when it says it. So for example, in some cases, the mental voice talks for the same reason that, you know, like a tea kettle whistles, for example. 
That is, there's a buildup of energy inside that needs to be released. So if you watch objectively, you'll see that when there's a buildup of nervous, fearful, or desire-based energies inside, the voice becomes extremely loud and active. Okay, so this is easy to see when you are angry with someone, for example, and you feel like telling them off. Just watch how many times the inner voice tells them off before you even see them. Like you are stirring up so much energy before you even interact with this person, okay? And when the energy builds up inside, you want to do something about it. And that voice talks because you're not okay inside and talking releases the energy, okay? So you will notice that even when you're not particularly bothered by something, it will still talk. (laughs) It actually is narrating the world for you. This is one of the reasons why I absolutely loved going to grad school for film production. It was like psychology. I probably have a degree in psychology and didn't know that that's what I was actually pursuing. But we have a drama going on in our head all of the time, a narrative flowing all the time. Okay. But why do we need that? Why do we need this narrative? You already see what's happening outside. So how does it help to repeat it to yourself through this mental voice? You should examine this very closely. Closely, With a simple glance, you instantly take in the tremendous detail of whatever you're looking at. So for example, if you see a tree, you effortlessly see the branches, the leaves, and the flowering buds. Why then do you have to verbalize what you've already seen? What you'll see if you study this carefully is that the narration makes you feel more comfortable with the world around you. Like backseat driving... It makes you feel as though things are more in your control. You actually feel like you have some relationship with them. A tree is no longer a tree in the world that has nothing to do with you. It's a tree that you saw labeled and judged. By verbalizing it mentally, you brought that initial direct experience of the world into the realm of your thoughts. There, it becomes integrated with your other thoughts, such as those you know, making up your value system or historical experience. So it's really interesting if you take a moment to examine the difference between your experience of the outside world and your interactions with the mental world. When you're just thinking, you're free to create whatever thoughts you want in your mind. And these thoughts are expressed through the voice. You are very accustomed to settling into the playground of the mind and creating and manipulating thoughts. This inner world is an alternate environment that is under your control. The outside world, however, marches to its own laws. When the voice narrates the outside world to you, those thoughts are now side by side, right, with all your other thoughts. All these thoughts intermix and actually influence your experience of the world around you. And much of this, we are living subconsciously through, meaning we're not conscious of it. We're not aware of it. So a lot of this stuff is happening all the time. We're just not paying attention. We are not aware. We're not self-aware. We're not self-reflective. Okay. So what you end up experiencing is really a personal presentation of the world according to you rather than the stark unfiltered experience of what really is out there. So this mental manipulation of sorts, right, of the outer experience allows you to buffer reality as it comes in. And so some of us, especially if you've gone through a lot of trauma, get really good at buffering reality (laughs) as it comes in. So for example, there's a myriad of things that you see at any given moment, yet you only narrate a few of them. It's like selective listening or selective hearing. The ones you discuss in your mind are the ones that matter to you. And with this subtle form of pre-processing, you manage to control the experience of reality so that it all fits together inside your mind. Your consciousness is actually experiencing your mental model of reality, not reality itself. Mind blown, right? So you have to watch this very carefully. You have to become self-aware because You do this all the time, okay? You're, let's say you're walking outside in the winter, you start to shiver and the voice says, it's cold. Now, how did that help you? You already knew it was cold. So you're the one experiencing the cold. Why is it telling you this? 
You recreate the world within your mind because you can control your mind, whereas you can't control the world. That is why you mentally talk about it. If you can't get the world the way you like it, you internally verbalize it, judge it, complain about it, and then decide what to do about it. And this makes you feel more empowered as a human. Okay, so when your body experiences cold, there may be nothing you can do to affect that temperature. But when your mind verbalizes it's cold, you can say, we're almost home, just a few more minutes, now you feel better. And in the thought world, there's always something you can do to control the experience. And we love control. <laughs> so basically, to summarize that, you recreate the world outside, or you, let me say it this way, you recreate the outside world inside yourself and then live in your mind. So what if, just try this on today, what if you decided not to do this? If you decide not to narrate and instead just consciously observe the world, you will feel more open and exposed. This is because you really don't know what will happen next and your mind is accustomed to helping you. So it thinks, right? It does this by processing your current experiences in a way that makes them fit with your views of the past and visions of the future. All of this helps to create a semblance of control, right? But you don't really have it. If your mind doesn't do this, you simply become too uncomfortable. Reality is just too real for most of us, so we temper it with the mind. So you will come to see as you start becoming more self-aware and you start coming to know yourself, which I will get to in a second, you will come to see that the mind talks all the time because you gave it a job to do. You use it as a protection mechanism, a form of defense. Ultimately, all of this mind chatter makes you feel more secure. And as long as that's what you want, you will be forced to constantly use your mind to buffer yourself from life instead of living it. Okay? This world is unfolding and really has very little to do with you or your thoughts. Yikes! Like, a lot of times in the beginning, people do not love to hear this. It was here long before you came, and it will be here long after you leave. In the name of attempting to hold the world together, you really just try holding yourself together. So true personal growth. Even spiritual maturity is about transcending the part of you that is not okay and needs protection, right? It's shifting from my identity is fear, unsafe, insecure, broken, to love, whole, complete, peace, right? And this is done by constantly remembering that you are the one inside noticing the voice talking. This is the way out. The one inside who is aware that you are always talking to yourself about yourself is always silent. And it's a doorway to the depths of your being. To be aware that you are watching the voice talk is to stand on the threshold of a fantastic inner journey. For me personally, this was a journey of not being able to spend any time alone or in quieter solitude to craving it, to needing it, right? To then ultimately developing sacred time with God, to, to going into the secret place. To me, cultivating this inner journey invited me into the secret place with God and developing a relationship with God. I didn't know that, but that's what it evolved into. So if used properly, the same mental voice that has been a source of worry, distraction, and general neurosis, if we get honest, right? That's why mental health is so big right now. It can become the launching ground for true spiritual awakening, spiritual growth, development, maturity, and leadership. So as you come to know the one who watches the voice, you will come to know one of the greatest mysteries and you will come to know the creator if you choose, right? But the first step is to just recognize that you do have this inner voice in your head, okay? And that you are not the voice, right? But you are aware of the voice and the voice is always talking. So the enemy comes in our life, we know, with a three-part agenda. And that agenda is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And a lot of times the destroying comes through distraction. 
If the enemy can seed a thought in our mind that is a lie, he can then get us to ruminate and to meditate on these thoughts day and night that he seeds. Then we start to feel doubt, fear, anxiety, unbelief, insecurity, brokenness, (laughs) right? All of the things, right? And then when we start to feel that, we start to act out of that too, And we start to crazy make in the world, right? In the form of gossip, murmuring, complaining, making excuses, procrastination, all the things, right? So if we do what the word says and the word tells us to meditate on the word of God day and night, right? That we actually seek God as our vital necessity. When we do that, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We start to recognize what is true. We become more conscious of truth. We begin to start knowing thyself. We begin to know thyself through knowing the word, through knowing God, right? Because we are made in the image and likeness of God. The more we know God, the more we know our image, our true image and our true likeness, right? As we seek the kingdom first, which is righteousness, peace, and joy, right? As we seek the kingdom first, all the other things that we've been training ourselves to run after are added unto us. So, so powerful, right? And as we seek and pursue truth, we actually start to know ourselves. And when we know ourselves, we start acknowledging what is not. We start growing in discernment, okay? So discernment is something that I remember really desiring to know God for. I just wanted to be way more wise and discerning that I might not be blindsided, that I might not go down a path that is totally a wash. Like it was just a bad investment and bad debts, right? Like I didn't want to have experience after experience of that being the narrative, right? But I knew when left to my own mind, that would be my story. Okay, so I was very hungry for discernment. Okay, so if you haven't heard, not just wisdom, but discernment. All right, and discernment is the ability to judge well, to test the spirits and know what they're up, to be aware and conscious of what's operating behind things, right? Because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. So to be clear about what's operating behind things, we actually need the Holy Spirit. We need discernment. We need perception, right? Uh, and we need the the spiritual guidance and understanding that can only come from God, right? We need to be able to make wise and keen observations about things. We need to really walk with wisdom. And it does involve accurately judging something and what's operating behind it. We can't do that by ourselves and by our opinions, okay? So I was really hungry to know God to grow in discernment. And I was hopeful that as I began to know God, I would start to know who I really am and know what I'm called to do, what my purpose is in in the world, and then get busy being about all of that as empowered by him, which is God's vibes matter. Okay. So the, the master life coaching that I do has the spiritual foundation. It has to do with identity, purpose, and legacy. So the very things that once haunted me and taunted me, right. And just brought so much pain and anxiety. Now I have freedom in and bring so much freedom to other people as well. But here's how this comes. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So my foolishness in the world came from not fearing God. I feared man. I feared self. I feared all sorts of things. I feared the voice in my head. (laughs) I feared what I didn't know. Like fear was loud, right? But then I had to pretend like I wasn't fearful, right? Which just looks like, hustle and high achievement and control, right? Those are the acceptable ways in the world to be fearful, but it's all fear, okay? So making the shift between starting to fear the Lord 
which means to start creating, giving God first place in your life could be another way to say that, or growing in your knowledge and awareness of God and actually prioritizing that. When I started to do that, my world started changing. I started to get wisdom and knowledge and discernment that I didn't have and that I couldn't otherwise access. But I was operating foolishly and making decisions that were not fruitful or progressive because I didn't have relationship with God. And I wasn't growing in studying the word of God and applying that in my life. Okay. Now, Proverbs 3 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So a lot of coming to know myself for real was, yes, having self-awareness that I am not my thoughts. Huge first step. Like, I don't have to believe everything I think. Thank God for that. (laughs) And... I actually can think with the mind of Christ. So I'm not left to my own thoughts. I'm not left to the best thing that I can think of, which often is the worst thing I can think of, especially if you don't have good mind management. And I don't have to manage my mind by myself, right? As I trust in God, as I trust in him with all my heart, and I don't trust in every thought that I'm thinking, I'm acknowledging him to help me renew my mind. And he starts to straighten my paths in a way that I couldn't do on my own in any way. Okay. Super important. James 1 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given. So this was a huge life verse, right? The word often says we have not because we ask not. And we won't ask if we don't believe or if we don't actually put our faith out there. I was working with another client just yesterday and I asked, have you ever just asked big to God about this area of your life? And the answer was no. And I said, I challenge you and we'll pray about this, (laughs) but I challenge you to ask big about this area. God This is what I'm believing about this area of my life. And I know, and I hold you to your word. Your word says that you do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all I dare ask, think, or imagine. So this is what I can think. This is what I can imagine. This is as big as it can get for me, but I know you can do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond that. So I ask big of you. I ask that you touch this situation and that you bring about this result or something greater by this time, right? And put your faith out there, right? Be it unto you according to your faith. When you put your faith out there, you start getting this childlike wonder welling up inside of you. You start getting super excited and you start expecting God to show up just by asking, just by asking. And you can also not only ask God, to, to help you in these things. A lot of things that I ask for are for stewardship, to steward well every resource that I've been given, right? That I might be trustworthy with little and with much, right? At all times, help me to use every resource, whatever that is. It's not just financial, right? But like, help me actually utilize it and be a good steward over everything that you've put in my possession. Let me never take that for granted and let me steward it well. Right. So a lot of times I'm asking for that because as God can trust me, I just inherently know that he can bless me with more and help me to be accountable and responsible with more. Okay. So if you lack wisdom and you're getting stuck in this, well, I don't know. And I'm afraid ask big, ask God to give you big wisdom. Okay. That's something that you can ask for. It's not something that you have to know yourself. It's something that you can ask God for. Okay. Ephesians 5 says this, let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Okay, so this one, super important. I had to become aware in the beginning, not only of the voice in my head to know myself, right? I had to become aware not only of the voice in my head that I am not 
right? And this voice is incessant. That's why we have to take every thought captive that's exalting itself above the truth. We don't believe every thought we think and we don't have to. And we shouldn't. <laughs> because the enemy can float thoughts in your head. Okay? And other people can speak random things that you start thinking about. That's why you've got to be diligent about renewing your mind. Because the enemy is roaming around looking for whom he can devour. Let that not be you, right? But to do that, you actually have to be doing something. You have to be cultivating something different. Study of the word, meditating on the word day and night, prayer, intercession, right? You've got to take your spiritual development very seriously. I prioritize spiritual development over personal development because spiritual development will inform my personal development and my growth and what to pursue and what not to. Because there's many people out here that will preach a good word right? Whether that's just a motivational speaker or whatever, or pitch a program, but it could be a bad investment for you. So it's really important to have your spiritual development intact so that you're being led to the things that God is leading you to. If God's not on it, I don't want it. But how are you going to know without relationship with God, right? Super important. First John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. There is a lot of ownership involved, a lot of personal responsibility involved when you decide to start knowing yourself and to start developing yourself and start maturing and start waking up, as they say, right? As you do that, you become more aware of everything and then you decide to become disciplined and diligent about focusing on truth and what is productive for you so that you might create and build with a creator in the world and release heaven on earth, right? This is not something that's done by just happenstance. This is something that takes diligent effort, okay? The faith part, which is beautiful, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more word of God you hear, the more your faith starts stirring up because the spirit of God witnesses with the spirit of God in you and you start to get revelation and wisdom and understanding that was not previously there. The more word you hear, it starts becoming alive and active for you. Okay, and it starts building your faith. So it's important to always be hearing the word because the word of God is light. It's a lamp unto your feet. It starts pulling you out of anything that is darkness. Any area in your life that does not have God's light, the more word of God that you hear starts bringing light to every area in your life. And the more light that you have, the more light you can then share and flow. And the more you're going to know yourself, okay? So for example, the young college girl that I was describing did not know herself and did not know that she was the light of the world and here to be an ambassador of God, whether overtly or covertly. She didn't know that. She didn't know she was supported, led, guided, empowered, all the things. And she thought she had to figure all that out on her own and was very vulnerable because she could trust anybody that seemed to have that answer rather than going to the source. Very dangerous position to be in because that's easily, she was easily impressionable is a great way to say that, right? Thankfully, I was protected <laughs> and guided without knowing it, right? Because God is so merciful and gracious. However, could have been really, really bad, all right? Especially the more insecure or the more self-hatred that develops too. could be a very bad path. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, which was the path that that young girl was on, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, okay? So the journey of knowing thyself has testing involved, right? You have to step out to find out. How do you know the voice of God unless you step out on what you believe you heard, okay? You start to grow in your capacity and ability to hear from God the more you step out on what you're hearing and you start getting that feedback, okay? And then you start being able to discern his will over your will. You start discerning his voice over that voice in your head. You start discerning what is good and acceptable and pleasing because you know more word, you know more truth. And so you can distinguish what aligns with that and what doesn't. Okay, this all works together and it 
almost can feel like your life just takes on this divine acceleration. It just builds this momentum. It's almost like the visual where your like cheeks are blowing back. Like you just literally like speed through life in a lot of ways because you're now operating completely different as you're designed to. And this is a way that God can restore the years the locusts have eaten and give you double for your trouble. He can actually redeem the time through you. Okay. And help you actually have and enjoy your life for all those times that you didn't. So, so powerful to get this. Okay. James three says this, who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This scripture, James 3, 13, 18, so, so powerful, right? The world is built on selfish ambition. Have you noticed? Just get on social media for five minutes, maybe less, right? And with all of the comparison, with all of the jealousy, with all of the bitterness, it really creates fruit that is unspiritual. It even says here demonic. Okay? You become what you focus on. What you focus on grows more in your life. So you can't know yourself just by following other people, just by following after your selfish ambition. Right? That might bring you some earthly success to an extent, but it will never bring you the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it will never come with this purity, gentleness, mercy, good fruit, sincerity. God's wisdom comes that way every single time. And it leads you to righteousness and to producing good fruit and inner peace. Whew, it's spirit-driven success, which I teach all the time to my clients. Because once you can shift from this like worldly success model to spirit-driven success in your life, in your business, in your relationships, you will have a supernatural life. That will be your lifestyle. Matthew 7, 24 says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay, so we start to know thyself for real as we hear the word of God, as we read the word of God, as we meditate on the word of God day and night, as we let it be our vital necessity, right? As we let it be food for us and literally fuel for us in the world. We build our life on a firm foundation versus on sand where you feel like you constantly have to start over, where you feel like you're getting somewhere and then you don't get the return on investment that you were expecting where you feel like you invested so much, but what was it all for? You won't keep building like that anymore because you will have a firm foundation and you'll go from strength to strength and glory to glory. Very different track, very different than what the world offers. Philippians 19. Oh, I'm sorry. Philippians one, nine through 10 says this, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless. Powerful. Powerful. Again, you're not going to know love if you don't know the author of love. You're not going to make wise decisions and be able to discern what is true versus what is untrue. If you're not developing a relationship with God, reading his word and evolving spiritually, awakening spiritually. Okay. Romans 11 says this, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him 
that he might be repaid. Whew, so good. So, so good. So the more we start knowing the mind of God, the more we start knowing God, who God is, the character of God, his presence, his love, his power, his truth, right? The more then we start reflecting that because as we study our maker, we become more like him in our capacity to be his hands and feet in the world. And as we do that, our faith starts to skyrocket because we start getting very different results. We start bearing much fruit that was not possible without knowing God. Okay, so the journey to know thyself, hopefully you can see this is different when you know God. And that's what I want to present here. The world will present just consciousness, spiritual awakening, right? knowing thyself, you'll hear these terms, but unless you know God, how can you really know yourself? I really desired, I had known conditional love and I had known, I would say false love, right? Like what, what we think love is, we will do what we think love is, but we all have very different definitions of that, right? When we say, I love you, we all mean something very different, (laughs) right? And you can probably find that out. So to me, What was intimidating was it was really important for me to be a loving human. I valued that. I wanted to be that. But I knew that I wasn't because I wasn't loving myself. And if I wasn't loving myself, I couldn't love other people. It for sure would be conditional. If I was talking to other people like I was talking to myself in my head, bad, 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 bad. I'd have a string of horrible relationships in my life and no community, none of the things, right? So it occurred to me that I can't really know love unless I know the author of love yikes, what do I do now? Because I really don't know the author of love. So what does that mean? Well, wisdom, even common sense would say, get to know the author of love. Buy a Bible, start reading it, start expecting to hear from God, to develop relationship with God, to know God, to find life, to make a difference. Start expecting these things, right? Create space for God to show up in your life. These were things that I decided to do not knowing what was going to happen. But by faith, I received God into my heart. By faith, I started to do these things and my entire life has changed. Right? And now, by faith, I still step out and do scary things. (laughs) There was an interview. It was actually with Christine Kane interviewing T.D. Jakes. And she said, whenever you've gotten these visions from God, did you ever have all of the resources for them. And he just started busting out laughing. He was like, never, never. I've never received a vision from God and had all the resources for it. But I had the faith. Okay. So, so, so important. We know ourselves as believers by faith first. And then we start to know ourselves more, the more we start knowing our creator because we are made in his image and his likeness. The more we start reading his word, the more we understand who we are, what we're called to, what our purpose is, what our unique gifts are, how to use these. God will bring revelation. He will bring vision. He will help you write the vision and make it plain and start helping you be about his business in the world. You literally get to co-labor with him to create. You create totally different when you partner with God to create his results in every area of your life and in your sphere of influence. So check this out. (laughs) Your inner growth is completely dependent on the realization that the only way to find peace and contentment is to stop thinking about yourself, to humble yourself and get to know God. Okay. You'll never be free from problems until you are free from the part within that has so many problems. Our mind left unrenewed is a problem because what we think about, we start to feel about. And what we start to feel about, we start creating the narrative and assigning meaning. And then we act out of that. Okay. We literally then start creating the reality that we've created on the inside So knowing ourselves is knowing that we are not every thought that we think, that we are a child of God, 
that we are made in his image and his likeness, that he has called us to unique purpose and formed, shaped, and anointed us uniquely to be about that purpose in the world and to get his results in the world. And when you know that, you can ask big, you can believe big, you can start bearing much fruit, right? You can start attaining true inner freedom because you can start watching objectively. You can start seeing things, not just objectively, but higher than that. You can start seeing things from the mind of Christ. You can start seeing things from God's perspective, the way God sees people, the way God sees your circumstances, the way God sees what's operating. You can start receiving that supernatural intel, that spiritual wisdom, that discernment, right? And your problems then are not solved by the same level of thinking that created them. You actually bring the mind of Christ to these problems. You bring divine heavenly solutions to earthly problems and things change. Okay. So you can imagine how your life would be different if you let God have full reign in your life. You would start to know things that you are completely oblivious to right now. And to your amazement, you will start experiencing the supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding. And people are on the outside. You're going to wonder what the heck is happening in you. And they're going to want some of that too. Okay. You probably have noticed when you've sincerely tried self-development, practices of self-observation and self-awareness, you can see that you're in trouble. It can feel very overwhelming because you realize that you've only had one problem in your whole life. <laughs> and it's your mind. It's like this craziness that's happening in your mind all the time and you not knowing who you really are. And you'll be relieved to know that you're not the first person to have this problem. And there's those that have gone before you and have realized and found themselves in the same situation. And many have looked for guidance and looked for knowledge as the answer, okay? But when you look to the source, you'll find that he is the answer. And he is the answer to every problem that you have and the solution to every problem that you have. And he will make you an answer and a solution in the world. People right now are praying for you to show up. Whether Whatever your job is, I was talking to a client just the other day and she is a realtor. And I said, has it ever occurred to you that God wants to minister through you to everyone that needs a home? You are God's minister. You are literally God's ambassador on earth undercover as a realtor right now. Has it ever occurred to you? Like you are helping bring people home, literally and figuratively. Her mind was blown, okay? But imagine you will have so much joy, so much expectancy when you get a hold of God's perspective for these areas of your life. You will grow in God's glory, in his strength, in his wisdom, in his understanding, in his power, in his authority, right? You will have authority wherever your feet shall tread. You will be able to speak truth and speak life and pour encouragement into people everywhere you go. It won't be about you anymore and your needs and your wants. Because when you get busy about God's business, he takes care of your business every time. But you must commit yourself to keeping the main thing the main thing, to seeking the kingdom first and allowing all the other things to be added unto you, to seek the Lord as your vital necessity, because that's how you actually experience real and lasting inner freedom. He's the answer. You do this as you depend on God, not yourself or man. You depend on God. You stand firm as a child of the Most High God. And the more you do that, the more you reclaim your spiritual authority and your life. Now, I know I came at this from a higher perspective, but I really do today want to offer that there is a distinct difference from knowing yourself the way the world tells you and the way all these modalities will tell you and the way you know yourself when you know God. Two very different things. Just be aware of that. I also do have a lot of tools and resources to offer you that can benefit you 
One, I mentioned earlier, if you subscribe to the podcast, comments, like an episode, give me your feedback. I love reading testimonies and all the feedback. If you do that, you can go to julianapage.com under the podcast tab, fill out your information there, and I will send you the God's Vibes Matter devotional. And this devotional is all about developing relationship with God by creating intimacy with him in the secret place. So, so valuable. You get it for free. So that's one resource. Another resource, if you go under the books tab, there are different books over there. There's a book called Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority, a book called Co-Laboring with God, a book called Training for Reigning, a Faith Walker Manual, and also Stepping into Royalty. So these are different levels of growing in your spiritual maturity and spiritual leadership just by starting at developing a relationship with God and desiring to know love and be love and keep your love on in the world. That page with all of those books, you don't have to read them in any particular order, but those are all a resource to meet you really where you're at. And lastly, there is another virtual option as well. There is a space called Courage Co. that is off social media, (laughs) intentionally curated off social media so that you aren't distracted by social media and have no excuse to get plugged in there. You can download the app for Courage Co. from your app store on your phone. And once you do that, you can create a free account and get plugged in there. I offer free challenges to help make the spiritual practical and real and personal for you. And there's also different levels of membership depending on where you're at and and how you want to grow and evolve. But that is a great way to get master life coaching at a price that you will not find anywhere else. (laughs) And also to meet you right where you are, no matter where you're at in your spiritual maturity or where you're at in your life and the time that you can allot to developing yourself. It is a great place to get plugged into. So again, you can find this over at julianapage.com under the work with me tab called Courage Co. You can also go to courageco.org and register there for free. I hope this message came as a blessing and a relevant word to you. And until next time, stay blessed.